Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, we are still awaiting some more word on Patrick Beverly. The market for any kind of shooter is insane. And, you know, with the Lakers having a couple days off or so, I think it is worth kind of looking back on the season that has taken place to this point and look ahead to the rest of the season that might be. Patrick Beverly exited the game against Denver early with some kind of a hip issue. Darvin Ham spoke after the game and wasn't able to offer much detail beyond that it was Pat's hip. Uh, We are still awaiting any kind of word on what might be going on, as well as, you know, any kind of timetable or whatever. So, yeah, I guess they're just kind of stuck there. Now, Eric Pincus did say on Twitter today that because of the Lakers' injury situation, AD is still out. Lonnie and Austin are still out. Troy Brown is still out. That with those four injuries, the Lakers can technically go out and get somebody on a 10-day um, in, in, a, uh, in a hardship exception type of signing. Um, now, as soon as one of those four players comes back, that contract is then voided and the Lakers uh, would move forward without whichever player they, they would choose to sign. But with Patrick Beverly potentially going down, that would make five injuries and I would imagine, you know, if if Pat is going to miss any significant, I don't think he's going to miss significant time. I hope not. Um, but if if Pat misses significant time, you know, and significant meaning anything more than a week or two, then that would more than suffice for the Lakers being able to go out and get somebody on that hardship extension. We know the Lakers are working are looking at center depth. Uh, we know the Lakers have previously looked at a couple wings here and there. Uh, there are some options on both of those fronts, uh, so I guess that is going to be something to keep an eye out for here moving forward, depending on the news that we hopefully get sometime soon regarding Patrick Beverly. All right, we are about a month or so away from the NBA trade deadline, and as such, we are starting to see some talk of what the market might look like. Um, and now, just a general reminder, since the, lake, since the league has flattened lottery odds and added the uh, play-in game, uh, you have had more teams convince themselves that, A, it isn't worth it to tank because the mathematic advantage that you would gain with those extra few losses aren't necessarily worth it. And then uh, as, on top of that, you know, by adding the play-in game, you have more teams vying for either play-in or playoff positioning. For you know, if you're if you're a team that is in a small market and you have an opportunity to host a home play-in game, that's pretty close to playoff revenue, and that's a few extra million dollars that that you know do help the bottom line. And as such, you're seeing some owners, you know, who would otherwise before the lottery odds were flattened and before the play-in game was was instated, uh, those owners would usually probably, I would imagine, say, well, we'll go ahead and give up on whichever player is about to be a free agent. We'll, uh, you know, this season, teams were calling it quits on seasons a lot earlier into the season. And I, I think in, in this case, the intended consequence has actually come about. So, you know, to the league's credit, they wanted to kind of put an end 
at least in some way, shape, or form to tanking. Flattening the lottery odds has helped do that. Uh, in in regards to teams being competitive later into the season, the plan game has allowed that to happen. What it has done, though, in unintended consequence, that I don't think the league is particularly worried about, though I do think it it, it is something to note. In uh, unintended consequence here is that the prices for buyers from sellers looking to to trade away a piece or two here or there, um, those things, those the prices on those players have really skyrocketed, and I think it's also kind of suppressed the uh, types of players who would be hitting the buyout market as well, um, because otherwise, like if you're a team that has a player that you might be buying out, well, why not try to get that player on the trade market and see what you can get for that player, given all the competition for the players that are on that market. So uh, you have a bunch of things going on. Now, I think one unintended consequence here is that I think it's actually affected the caliber of teams that are competing in the championships or four championships in the playoffs. Um, You know, it used to be, you need a shooter, you go, you, you trade a first rounder or you trade a second rounder or whatever. Um, it, I, I remember back in the day, it was like a protected second rounder uh, would get you a decent shooter here or there. Now, priorities in terms of roster building have also changed as well. So the prices on shooters have has gone up. But the price, you know, Eric Gordon, Houston is apparently or reportedly uh, demanding, demanding a first for Eric Gordon. Uh Boyan Bogdanovich, Detroit, is demanding not just a first, but also a young prospect on top of that first rounder. And uh, by the way, if you're trying to put any uh, protections on it, reportedly you're not a part of the conversation there. Um, Kyle Kuzma is going to fetch probably a first rounder and maybe some change. So, yeah, I mean, the the market, and, and this was something that I think the Lakers needed to take into account. Maybe they did if they didn't want to make a a Westbrook trade um, right from the get-go. But, you know, the notion of, you know, maybe whatever work we have to do, we can put that off until the season. Uh, I think that that approach to roster building over the course of an NBA calendar year, uh, that should probably go the way of the dodo. Uh, This is whatever work you need to do, you need to get it all done in the off season because once you get into the regular season, prices inflate like crazy. Um, now, this is going to change over the course of the next month or so. We've already seen with Cam Reddish and the Knicks how earlier this year they were expecting a first rounder for, for Cam Reddish. Now, reportedly, that has dropped down to a couple second rounders. And as we get closer to the deadline, um, I, I you know depending on the player, some of these prices will will become a little a little bit more reasonable, but for the Lakers, given their injury situations, I'm not necessarily sure they have enough time to wait. All right, let's really quickly look back on the season uh, that the Lakers have had to this point. You know, honestly, it could have gone way worse. You know, to be completely honest, it's a it was like I've said all along a bad roster. They started the year with historically bad shooting. They've had injuries. They've had to overcome a rookie head coach learning on the fly. Um, this is, you know, it, it's like I've been saying basically for this last week or so, the first half of the season has felt like one of those first halves that you look up and you say, huh, this is a closer game than I thought. Um, and now the first few minutes of the third quarter 
can go a long way in deciding how the rest of that game is going to be or going to go. And uh, how the Lakers read the situation is going to be is going to, I think, define how the rest of the season is going to go. They want to get more clarity on Anthony Davis before they they commit uh, either of their first rounders here moving forward. Uh, they want to make sure that Bradley Beal, not just that Bradley Beal won't be available for the rest of this season, but that he pro- that he won't be available. Uh, at the at the time of the draft, when the Lakers could theoretically trade three first rounders for him, uh, they want to see how things go with Chicago, and they want to see you know which players fall out of that situation and across the league, you know, and and you know that due due diligence to this point hasn't netted them anything. If anything, I think waiting the way that they have has cost them the opportunity to trade for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. I think those prices are now at a point where the Lakers, I don't think, are are involved in those conversations. But but you know, in terms of the actual basketball, the Lakers currently sit at you know a, a fairly respectable nineteen and twenty two. When you consider the amount of time that LeBron has missed this year, when you consider the amount of time that Anthony Davis has missed this this year, um, the, the the Lakers have competed, and we didn't say that about the, this team last year. Uh, so at the very least, this season has been an improvement in that regard uh, compared to last year. And, and you know, that that's a kind of baby step forward that would matter if this was an up-and-coming type of roster. But seeing as this is a team with a 38-year-old LeBron James and a 30, you know, 20, late 20-year-old 20 Anthony Davis, however old he is, um, this, you know, those baby steps don't matter as much, but... You know, given what last year was, I'm going to I'm going to enjoy this this little minor baby step. Now, looking ahead to the rest of the season, you know, I, I it's like I said, I I really think this year is going to be de- defined by the next month or so and the Lakers' approach to this trade deadline. I legitimately think like this hasn't been me. This hasn't been some bit from me. I know people keep on comparing me to Skip Bayless. Y'all go fuck yourselves. For doing that, um, but but no, I I do legitimately feel that if the Lakers make the right couple moves here, whether it's Boyan and Kuz, whether it's you know Boyan Kuz and even Reddish, if you can get in on that for for a second rounder, um, just adding some wing depth here. Uh, if it's Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, and you can you know add some shooting and some uh, front court depth. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, with the advances that uh, we've seen from Thomas Bryant, with what we've seen from LeBron to this point, with what we saw from Anthony Davis before he went down, like there is a lot to like on this team, even given all of the obstacles that have been put in, in front of them, or in some cases that the Lakers have put in front of themselves. Uh, I really honestly do feel that if the Lakers do commit to winning this year, they can pick up championship number 18. Um, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's me being a terrible gambler, but this, there, the, you know, you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis, you have Austin Reeves, who has made, taken a step forward here. Uh, you have a ton of expiring cap uh, that, that you can use. You have two first rounders at your disposal like if you if you have all of that in in your back pocket and you're convinced 
in any way that this year is just another year that you're going to chalk up to unfortunate events, um, then you shouldn't be doing this in the first place. So I hope that the Lakers really commit to winning this year. I hope that, you know, the Lakers commit an error of commission rather than an error of omission like we saw last year and like we saw at uh, in the offseason. At some point here, the Lakers are going to have to, you know, recommit to going all in and and trying to win with LeBron and, you know, in some cases, nursing that relationship back to a more productive level. Um, that needs to happen ASAP. And I think the Lakers are in a position here. There is no buzzsaw in the NBA. There certainly isn't a buzzsaw in the West. So I, I do think the Lakers are a couple of moves away from getting to a championship, let alone you know, potentially winning one. You know, you, you have a, a seven-game series uh, and hopefully a, a healthy in LeBron and a healthy Anthony Davis uh, going into that series with whoever comes out of the East. And that at the, just give them a chance. Just give them a chance. And, and let's see where that goes. So to this point, more productive basketball season than we, I think, could have hoped for. Now let's see if they can build on that moving forward. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Uh, in a little bit, I'm going to be talking to Harrison for this week's Lakers Lounge. We are going to, going to be having the definitive Russell Westbrook conversation, so you're not going to want to miss that. Um, we are also going to be, you know, over the course of the week, we have the, the Lakers Lounge still coming up. We have uh, the hook. We have another game or two, I believe, um, that, that we have to look forward to as well. So a ton of stuff to get to. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out the Taco Tuesday guys who had their show yesterday. So uh, whenever it is that you hear from me, whenever it is that you tune in uh, to the Silver Screen and Podcast, Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed i'm anthony irwin saying have a good one and maybe next time you guys hear from me i'll learn how to talk